0: About him, he's all hype, hi- he's all hype, you know. And I, I can't wait to November the 18th to give him a good, good hiding. You know, he went out there, he'd done a job on the guy who was it? Another Sanchez, Gomez, Lopez, who was it? Another road sweeper? Hey, I've done that before. Now I'm with the big boys. I'm there, I'm there already. He's got proven himself, not me. Will you prove yourself, Chris? On that particular night in question I will show that I have what it takes. This man is nothing but uh he's just he's the real hype. I come up the hard way. I didn't have uh, friends. You had your let let's have some parliamentary procedures, alright? So, yeah. I didn't life. come up I didn't come up the easy way. I came up hard. I didn't have friends for and I didn't have Ember's men. You know, I came to Barry when I was 14 and 0. But what makes you think can be Nigel Benn? Because he's just a puncher. He's only got a punch of job. I'm a skillster, I'm, I'm a fighter. I can punch as so hard as he can. I can box, I can slug, or whatever he can. He only can, he, all, everything is loaded in my favour for this fight. Because, in my opinion, although he's a great puncher, he had nothing else other than that. And welcome back. Um, I didn't think I'd be back this quickly, but as you guys understand, events in boxing move quickly sometimes, so you've just got to be able to react and respond. But we are back, the number one podcast in the sport where the most surprising, unsurprising fight's finally been announced. And I, I know how I feel, but I'm not sure how I should feel. So on October the 8th at the O2, we're going to get Chris Eubank Jr. versus Conor Ben for no belt, just for pride, family legacy. And we're going to get this at a weight that's not been announced yet, but we assume somewhere between 155 and 157. There'll be a rehydration clause, which you imagine will mean you can't box higher than 162. And so we start again and go, okay, so where has this really come from? And so I will, I will suggest something, and it may be controversial. I don't think it is. But if you really think about Chris Eubank Jr., we don't know what he's done, really, since he fought George Groves. We don't. Uh, we know there was a Liam Williams fight somewhere. We know there was a James DeGale fight somewhere. <sighs> Apart from that, then what? There were talks of him fighting Charlo. There were talks of him fighting Golovkin. And none of this happened for Eubank Jr. And he strikes me as a guy who, at 32, isn't planning on staying in this game for that much longer. So he just wants paydays. The world title's now irrelevant, he, he's cashed in on being a Eubank, and he's done so successfully. Um, has he pretended that he wanted to be a world champion? Probably, but deep down, he wanted the biggest fights, the biggest events, and the biggest money. But if you look at his record and you say, well, on his record are names like Groves, DeGale, Abraham... Um, they're not bad names to have on your CV. Even Liam Williams, they're not bad names to have on your CV for someone who is British plus level, right? And then you contrast that with Connor Ben, who told us from the start that he'd be a world champion at welterweight. Now we find that hard to believe, because it's going to be incredibly hard for him to do 156 and then come back down to 147. You know, Kell thought he could do it easily, and that was probably the the start of the end of his career. So we've got these two guys fighting each other. It, it doesn't make sense. Take the names out of it. This doesn't make sense because really, in terms of the heaviest weights they fought, there's three weight classes between them. You know, Con- Conor ben has been a welterweight. you has been a super middle. So how does this make sense? It doesn't. So here's where the real politique comes into it. And this is my theory. Eddie Hearn's got to deliver the zone six pay-per-views. You've had Canelo. So Canelo Bivol, which was not as successful as budgeted for. So you go with Canelo Golovkin to try and chase back those losses. That's two. You didn't get Joshua Usyk. So you need Joshua Usyk to kind of happen. And then for Joshua to fight again, because Joshua's going to get paid... Match them are going to get paid. The zone, it doesn't look like they are going to get paid in the way they thought they would. And so let's just assume the zone gets some of the rights internationally. Okay, so that's your second one. So you've got Canelo twice, you've got Joshua theoretically twice once in August, once in December, which would have essentially meant that Josh has trained all year, so I don't know when he's supposed to rest, so I don't think he would fight in December, but let's just say he does. That's four. Um, They could probably magic one more up, but realistically, you needed something big to fill that hole, and that thing is Eubank versus Ben, and if you cut it the right way, everyone ends up wealthy in this. It's not one for the purists. It's it's one for rep- reputation, legacy, and what it is. And this taps into that whole Eddie Hearn thing, right? This is this is an event. You know, this is a time when we can turn the hardcores off. Their opinion doesn't matter because this isn't about belts. It's not about box wreck. It's not about what's his best win. It's not about anything like that. This is all about the build up. This is about that press conference. Conor Ben sat next to his dad. Chris Eubank Jr sat next to his dad. And we're all there watching it live on YouTube going, how long till the dads go at it? Because you know they're gonna get the dads involved. And Chris Sr. will say, what happened to the comeback? And Nigel says, well, why don't you come back? And all that sort of stuff. And then don't be surprised if this isn't a prelude to some kind of old man's fight between Eubank, like the seniors, like Nigel Ben versus Chris Eubank Sr. I can see that happening as well. On the undercard, can you imagine that? But we're going to love it. We're going to love Eubank, dressed immaculately, dancing to the crowd, entertaining the crowd. We're going to love his interviews. We're going to love him talking about how he's bred his son to never lose to a Ben. And we're going to love Nigel saying, my son is me. And he's going to write what was wrong back then that should never have been a draw. He's got all of this and we're going to be sucked in. I think this could be Eddie Hearn's finest moment because, yes, this is a fight that sells itself. But there's added pressure because you can't drop the ball on this, Eddie. We need the content. We need all of it. We need all the right things to be said. We need the right energy for this. This has to feel like the first two Eubank Ben fights. Because this is the third one, really. It has to feel that way. It has to feel like the, the Jonathan Ross appearance. We need those moments of, excuse me, can I have some parliamentary procedure, please? All that sort of stuff. But it's going to be very hard because you have to remember, these are two kids who grew up in privilege. So how do you go at each other when you're two privately educated young men? Who could admittedly fight, but you're two privately educated young men. This is why the dads are so important. Because they connect the people to this fight. This is a fight that will grip the nation. This is a fight you will see spoken about on Loose Women, on GMB, on whatever that Andrew Neil station used to be called. This is a fight that will grip everyone from, I don't even know, from Diane Abbott to Tommy Robinson. Do you mean from Chris Sanegar to Joe Gallagher? This is going to grip everybody. Everyone will want to see this. Not because of anything boxing related, just this is good entertainment. This is a good event. This is as close to boxing. Start again. This is as close as boxing gets to WWE. Because it's kind of written in the stars, a lot of this stuff has been scripted, but the fight will be real. And Eddie needs that money. Eubank Jr. needs that money. That Conor Ben machine also needs the money. So, is it the right time for them to fight? Don't know. It doesn't feel that way. Would this fight be huge whenever they fought? Yes. Could you make this fight any bigger? No, and here's why. The fight's really about the dads. I asked a question earlier whether James Tony had a son because you could whack him into the mix, get him at the press conferences talking crazy. We just love these sorts of things. I think as Brits, this is the sort of thing we like. We like nostalgia. We like to hark back to a time. And this kind of feels like that time. If you go back to the kind of Ben-Eubank rivalry, you had shows like The Word and Eurotrash and the thing with the word was they just find ways to, to go viral, so to speak. They wanted to be the thing that was talked about the following Monday in the playgrounds, in the offices. I remember they had this guy, he had to, he had to get off with his old granny live on TV and they had all sorts of mad things. And then you had Eurotrash, which was similar with Lolo Ferrari, Linda Lampinus and all these sorts of crazy people. And this fits right into that mold. Nothing makes sense, but this is going to be so entertaining. This may be Eddie Hearn's best work since Brooke Golovkin because the subject matter is really easy to sell. You just have to make sure that everything around it is to the same standard. I, I'm looking forward to it. If we look at this from a boxing perspective, then I might be a bit more cutting. As two boxers... It depends which Eubank Jr. shows up, right? I'm not sold on the Roy Jones Jr. version. I prefer the, the combination punching guy, the, the flashy stuff. Stick to what you know, stick to what your essence is. You're not going to be Roy Jones Jr., nor do you need to be. You definitely don't need to be against the son of a guy who wouldn't fight Roy Jones Jr. You know? Part of me then thinks, are we going to get a, a Ben McClellan type situation? For obvious reasons, I hope not. But I can't see past Eubank Jr. Because this is about two things, isn't it? It's When you look at Eubank Jr., you're like, OK, he's had his chin checked by DeGale. He's had his chin checked by Groves. He's had his chin checked by Abraham. And he hasn't wobbled. He hasn't hit the canvas. He hasn't wobbled. He hasn't done anything. He's shown his chin is solid. And yes, Conor Ben's knocked over people like Sammy Vargas and Chris Algieri, but they were doing backflips to hit the canvas anyway. Has Conor Ben really got more power, more speed than those guys? I find that hard to believe. They're naturally bigger men, and they couldn't put a dent in Eubank Jr. So how was he going to put a dent in Eubank Jr.? So then the second question is, if Conor Ben has a chin that was broken by O'Hara Davis... What's Eubank going to do when he lands flush? They're the things that worry me. Now you, then you look to the respective corners and you go, will, will Tony Sims have a plan B? Will Tony Sims have a master plan here? And no, It doesn't feel that way. This kind of feels like we're going to get two or three rounds of blitzkrieg. And then when that doesn't work and Conor Ben runs out of ideas and Eubank Jr. starts to put the hurting on him, they'll just throw the towel in. Four rounds, job done. That's what I feel will happen. F- between rounds four and six, a towel will get thrown in, Connor will get pulled out, and we'll talk about how brave he was getting in there with a legitimate world level guy. That's what we'll start calling Eubank Jr. And that's how that fight's going to go. Now, that depends on Eubank being the, the uncompromising thug that he used to be before he piled up with Roy Jones. I don't know why he tries to complicate what he does, but that's on him. If we get that version, fantastic. I worry for Conor Ben because I don't see what's in him that's going to cause a lot of havoc. It's not like Chris Eubank Jr. is just there to be hit by a smaller guy. He's not. He moves around. He's got good head movement. You know, he's got a jab that will keep you off, a jab that'll keep you honest. And he's strong. But these are all minor details, right? The fight will be what the fight is. We're going to enjoy the event. We're going to enjoy the undercard. Now, who do you have on the undercard? I hope you have Eddie Scottney. I hope they make it like a like a South London card, but I don't think they will. Are there other grudge matches you could have on there? I don't know. But the card's going to be interesting because the main event sounds itself. What we don't want is, we don't want matching putting their next-gen guys on here. We don't care about them. We we want fights that have meaning here. Even if you got to dig up, look, if there's a budget here for groves versus the gale again let's do that but i don't think the timing works for george he looks awfully heavy and i know people are going to hate on this event and people are going to try and show that they're not sheep by criticizing this event and going oh you know they make their silly little jokes on twitter about this event well done Ooh, i'm not part of the the sheep movement okay and so people complain about the cost of it oh why we got paid 25 quid to see these guys no one's won a world title all this sort of nonsense will come out in the next in the next 12 to 24 hours. Here's what I'll say. You're paying three or four times more for your gas and electric than you than you were at the beginning of the year. Your pay-per-view costs have stayed constant. You're paying more for your Ribena than you were at the beginning of the year. You're paying more for chicken. Jesus Christ, have you seen how expensive chicken is? Woo. No, You've literally got me going to KFC for that nine-mini-fillet mini deal, getting the chicken, taking all the coating off, and just using that for a curry or something. Like, it's insane the expense that we're going through in 2022. And these pay-per-view costs have remained constant, even in a cost-of-living crisis. So you've got to have a sense of perspective. And people say, ah, oh, this fight's no use, it's no good. There isn't a better British alternative, right? We're not going to get Fury Wilder again, we're not going to get Wilder Joshua. We're not going to get Joshua Fury anytime soon. So what, what's left? Honestly, what's left in British boxing for you to get excited about? Johnny Fisher versus Nick Campbell? Is that what you're waiting for? There's nothing. The cupboard is bare. And because the cupboard is bare, this is what we're, what we're resorting to. And be as mad as you want. We might get Campbell Hatton versus Harlem Eubank at some point. All this sort of stuff is in play. And it's in play because on our watch, British boxing went down the toilet. That's not your fault individually. That's not my fault individually. But our collective apathy meant they were able to just drain it. There's nothing there for us. This is our beacon. This is what we can look forward to. Because if you look at it, To most people, Joshua Usyk's a mismatch. Canelo Golovkin's a mismatch. So why is this any different? It shouldn't be. I think we should all get behind this fight. In my head, I'm almost like if we were ever going to do a live show, it might be the precursor to something like this. Even if it's just a meetup, everyone just jumps on this, gets involved, gets their tickets wherever they can. And we just have a meet-up. This is the sort of event you want to be around people you either know directly or indirectly. This is the kind of event. If you're not thinking in those terms, if you're not thinking about how can I make this memorable, then you're part of the problem. Because these sorts of events are the best we're going to get for a while. Until guys like Ben Whitaker, Carol Atalma, until that level of guy, until Dubois gets a world title, until we get there, we're in for some pretty slim pickings for a bit. And we just need to make our peace with that. Like, you're not going to, you mean, ease my pain with Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker. I have no interest in that. And on a side note, isn't Tyson Fury training with Sugar Hill anymore? God, that's awkward. But that's what I'd say in closing. I think it's a good event. I think Eddie's been forced to do it. I think the zone deal is a success based deal. So the money he earns. Only kicks in once he's crossed a certain threshold. And that means that he can't burn the money. That's why you're seeing him take a few more risks. That's why you're seeing Eddie push harder at that top level. Because that's where his money is. And you're seeing him cut a lot of people off now. Uh, Lerone Richards isn't part of the movement. A lot of people are getting eliminated because they don't drive value. This fight drives value for DAZN. And that's the pressure Eddie's under. And if Joshua were to lose against Usyk you'll see more and more of these fights. Because all Eddie cares about is what will get people to subscribe to zone and what will get them to pay for pay-per-view. He doesn't care about your legacy or what you think about it. He doesn't care. Because that's not his business anymore. His business is simply delivering numbers for zone. You're either with it or you're against it. But you're not going to change it. But I just wanted to give a quick view on that and like I said, everyone get behind this. I think this is this is kind of what we needed. Just a feel-good fight. We can feel a bit nostalgic. I don't know, man. Get your Shed 7 album out. Um, I don't know. Oasis. Uh, Hurricane Number no. 1. Go even further back. Baby D, let me be your fantasy. Uh, Too Unlimited. Yeah, we can go all the way back. You know, I mean, 808 State. I don't know. All that sort of stuff. We can all go back to Prodigy, uh, Music for the Jilted Generation. We can just reminisce for a bit. Watch the old fights. Watch that build up. And just remember that you had two legitimate characters in Eubank and Ben. And how they've been able to breed almost two identical versions of each other. Mirror images of each other. It's incredible. And as the tagline says, man, this is a born rivalry. They were born into this. They were always gonna see Eubank and Ben in relation to each other as soon as both of them were wearing gloves. And we've been expecting this moment, and this moment's here now. Let's just enjoy it, guys. And on that note, I wanna tap out and say, enjoy it, and as, as I said, stay positive about this because this is the new reality in boxing.